Ion 2020, episode 246. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Happy Monday to you. It's Ray Eaton here, host of Ion 2020, bringing you the things that are going on in this 2020 election cycle. I feel like I'm the impeachment cycle, actually. I feel like I am the daily impeachment proceeding uh, news is what it sounds, that's just what it feels like to me. I didn't really cover that on Friday, though, and uh, what I wanted to talk to you guys about today was, you know, what happened on Friday, I guess, because it ended up that the Judiciary Committee ended up, you know, party line vote, they end up voting to impeach Donald Trump. And then they send that over to the House, and that's going to happen this week. So that's the big news of the week, pretty much. They're going to be doing that. Plus, they're going to pass that um, USMCA deal that they're talking about passing as well. That's the trade deal between the United States, Canada, and Mexico. So that's another thing they're going to try to pass this week as well. So uh, keep those things in mind. But the biggest thing, basically, is that the House will vote to impeach Donald Trump. And it seems like... So Democrats, sorry, not Democrats, Republicans are all on the side of not impeaching Trump. It seems like there's some Democrats that might jump ship on it. So it might be bipartisan, but bipartisan against impeachment is what it might come down to. And what it really is, is this, guys. It's not like these Democrats that are going to vote against impeaching Donald Trump are really like avid, avidly supporting Donald Trump or thinking that there's just not enough uh enough evidence or whatever. It's because they're in states and districts that Donald Trump won in 2016. And now in order to get reelected, they have to vote uh, against impeaching Donald Trump. So they have to vote no, pretty much, or else they're not going to get elected or they're, they're, they're worried about their seat. Uh, They might, the person that's the Republican that's running against them might get a little bit more press and publicity and might end up taking their seat from them. And they can't have that, right? That's pretty much the biggest thing is that con- congressional seats are protected and they're going to try to keep their job. They do not want to leave Congress whatsoever. So whether they're idealistic or not, whether they really think that Donald Trump is guilty or innocent is neither here nor there. It really comes down to if you're in Michigan, Donald Trump won your county or won your district in 2016 and you barely won in 2016 because there was they were running somebody that was a supporter of Donald Trump and now in 2019 they're running somebody that's a supporter of Donald Trump that's talking great about Donald Trump you don't want to get you don't want to feed that fire at all you do not want to flame that fire whatsoever so you're going to vote against impeachment now i'm sure the democrats have the numbers to get 50% vote on impeachment I don't know if that's exactly what they have to get. I'm pretty sure that is the case. I think it's when it goes to the House or goes to the Senate is where you need more of a um, a, more of a supermajority is what it comes down to. I think they need 66 votes in the House or in the Senate to impeach Trump, but they just need 50 percent or more to get it to go to the Senate. So that's what we're going to be. Basically, that's what we're going to be talking about the rest of the week. Not me, but that's what I'm going to be talking about in the news the rest of the week. If you listen to the Sunday shows yesterday, that's pretty much what they talked about as well. 
was the entire impeachment thing that was going on and what the week ahead is going to look like. And H talking head is talking about, you know, they don't have enough evidence to impeach Donald Trump and the Democrats are trying to rush it. And then the Democrats are saying, oh, if we let him get away with this, that means any president in the future can get away with it, blah, blah, blah. And that's pretty much it. And uh, it's kind of taken away from the entire election cycle, which I don't know if that's a good thing or not for the Democrats. You have 17, 18 Democrats that are still running for for the presidency, right? They're trying to win their nomination. And they don't have any press whatsoever at all. If you look at the news, literally 95% of the news cycle every single day is about the impeachment. So it's not helping these people out at all. It's not helping Bernie Sanders out. It's not helping Pete Buttigieg out. It's not helping Bloomberg out. These people speak up and speak out against this guy, but it's not helping them out. And like I said last week, the poll numbers are going up in Donald Trump's favor now. Like he has more people that like him than don't like him at this point. And it used to be his approval rating was like 41%. And now it's at like 49, 50, 51%. I've seen as high as like 52 and 53% at some point as well. That's on Rasmussen.com. Rasmussen reports like, not, yeah, it's Rasmussen. They do like a daily tracking poll. And they're the only ones that do a daily tracking poll. These other ones, they'll do like a weekly tracking poll. They'll do three or four days worth. But like the Rasmussen poll, they do it daily. They call like 1,500 people every single day and get their take on the approval rating of the of the president. And then from there, I think they do an average at that point, And that gets you what the what the true poll is. And it's it's an interesting poll. It's a great poll that they do. And it usually runs high in favor of the Republican. And I think it always runs high in favor of the president in general. It's not just the Republican. It's sometimes it's even when Barack Obama was there. But Donald Trump's, his approval rating is higher than Barack Obama's was at the same time in his presidency. So it's, uh, it's the impeachment proceeding is not helping out the Democrats whatsoever. And it's not helping out their case for a presidency. Now, I have been hearing... A lot of people complaining about the candidates that they have, the Democrats, they don't just don't have a strong candidate. And I was hearing people talking about Hillary Clinton getting in, but what they're talking about her doing is she's going to be Queen Hillary. She's going to be kind of christened at the convention to become the presidential nominee because there's going to be a contested convention and all that. Bernie Sanders is going to be fighting it out with Elizabeth Warren, who's going to be fighting it out with Pete Buttigieg, who's going to be fighting it out with Joe Biden, right? And they're going to be splitting the vote between the four of them, supposedly. And Hillary Clinton's going to walk in and say, you know what? Let's get together. I'm going to be the leader of this party again. We're going to get this thing done. We're going to beat Donald Trump. Let's go. Hoo-ah. Let's move forward. So that's what they're, that's what some people are speculating is going to happen. I'm not sure about that. Um, but, I mean, hey, it might happen. Who knows? So... I want to get off the subject of the impeachment, though, and go briefly into a Wall Street Journal article that I found. It says, how to pay the wealth tax, sell everything. And that's an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal. And it's by um, Hank Adler and Madison Spatch. Okay. And it says, this is, I'm going to go through some parts of it. But it, it says a lot of things that I was saying about the wealth tax. You guys know what I'm talking about when I sell the wealth tax. I hope I'll explain it really briefly. Um, Elizabeth Warren has this idea, and she's floating it out there. And the bad thing about her floating this idea of a wealth tax out there is this. Other people will catch on to that. So you're hearing it in 2019, 
And in 2020, maybe Hillary Clinton starts talking about it. Other Democrats start talking about it. And then 2024, if Donald Trump lose or Donald Trump doesn't winning, and then you have Democrats in 2024 running on things, and that's something that they could pick up. That's another thing that they could throw into their tool belt of things that the progressives want want you to do that are rich, right? Oh yeah, it's only two cents on every dollar that they own or every asset that they have over was it fifty million dollars, and then if it's over a billion dollars, it's like three percent. But it's exactly what I was saying before. So the thing is, is if if you start floating this idea out there, just like Bernie Sanders in twenty sixteen, now in twenty twenty, everyone's running on Medicare for all. Everyone's running on his platform from twenty sixteen, pretty much. So in twenty twenty four, the wealth tax is going to be floated out there as well. So do we start moving towards something like that down the road? I would not put it past government ever. To try to get more money out of the people. I mean, that's what governments do. It's like a burning fire. It spreads. You feed a little, little bit of kindling, and it spreads even further. You give it some nice dry grass, and it shoots through that grass and starts burning up the trees. A fire will keep on going no matter what until something puts it out or something it stops getting fire. It stops getting combustible material, right? So it's going to keep on going, and that's what government is. It's going to keep on taxing. It's keep on trying to get more of your stuff. It never has enough. There's always more than it needs because there's always more politicians that'll say, look at this group, we need to take care of them too. Because they're trying to buy those votes from that group. So that's just the way it is. And we need to put a stop to that. But we're listening to Elizabeth Warren and not shutting her down immediately on this idea of a wealth tax. And this is the terrible thing about it. (coughs) This article talks about It says, Elizabeth Warren's proposed wealth tax, an annual levy on the total value of one's assets, not income, has drawn a lot of attention. The senator claims that her personal proposal would cost ultra-millionaires only an annual 2% and billionaires an annual 6%. Okay, so it's 2% on $50 billion or more, and then 6% on a billion dollars or more, I guess. And that wildly understates the truth. Wealthy people don't maintain bank accounts with millions or billions of dollars of liquid cash. They invest their assets. Those hit with the wealth tax would have to sell assets each year to pay for it, subjecting them to income tax as well. The actual cost would be several times greater than a 2% or 6%. So in other words, if you're a billionaire and you sell, you have, you have, if you have to pay 6% of your $2 billion, you have to pay 6% of that. So that'd be 60 billion, that'd be 120 million dollars that you have to pay to the government that would be that would be six percent of um of two billion dollars right doing the math in my head i'm just like oh lord i hope i get it right so anyway um if they have to if they have to pay 120 million dollars to the government that means they have to sell those assets so that means it's not just cash that's sitting there it's lick it's assets that they have to sell they have to sell stocks they have to sell bonds they have to sell homes Whatever it is they have to do, they have to do they have to pay that hundred and twenty million dollars. But when they do that, they also have a net increase in the value of those things from when they paid for it, right? So you're gonna pay capital gains, you're gonna have capital gains on those assets. So if those hundred and twenty million dollars worth of assets you picked them up for sixty million dollars ten years ago, then you're gonna be paying taxes. Capital gains, I think, is twenty five percent right now. So you're going to pay in twenty five percent of the of the gain, which would be sixty million dollars. 
So then at that point, you have to sell even more assets in order to get the amount that you got to pay to the government. So you're double taxed at that point on those assets. So what do you do? You're a rich, wealthy billionaire. You're selling assets. You're selling stock in your company. That's one thing that's going to be terrible on the economy. Because what happens if a billionaire goes off and sells $120 million worth of their stock every single year? Now they're not buying up stock. Now they're not trying to acquire more stock. Now they're spending $120 million a year or selling $120 million a year or more, $150 million a year just to pay the government. It's just not something that's good for the economy. It's not good for the overall health of our economy because you want people to own assets. You want people to have property. You want people to store that in assets, especially in stocks, bonds, real estate, gold even. Whatever assets you can acquire, accumulate those things. Let them increase in value. That's fine. They're going to get their money if you sell them. They're going to get their capital gains. But the government just always wants more from you. That's what they want. That's a spreading fire. That's all it is. So yeah, her wealth tax is going to... So anyway, getting on with it. So he says, Miss Warren has proposed a dramatic increase in the federal capital gains rate also, along with taxing current appreciation of assets values for wealthy taxpayers. She has proposed raising the current top long-term capital gains rate from 20% to 39.6%. So the current one is 20%. So if she gets what she wants, a wealth tax along with capital gains tax of almost 40%, boom, now you're double tax on all that stuff as well. It's just amazing, right? So let's get further down into this because he gets in a little bit of weeds in this article which I don't want to, you know, confuse anybody that's listening. I'm already confused enough sometimes reading this stuff. Um, I'm sure you guys do as well. It's sometimes it's pretty annoying, but let's get into the, the, the very end of it, okay? Real estate investors whose holdings have grown for decades as they refinance and bought more properties would be slaughtered by Ms. Warren's definition of, definition of wealth. The combination wealth tax plus accompanying income taxes on the sale of assets would consume more than 100% of net worth. Miss Warren, and they have to do this every year, by the way, every single year. Miss Warren has also proposed significant increases in the corporate income taxes. She would return the top rate to 35% from the current 21%. She would institute an additional 7% federal income tax for large corporations and make other changes to corporate taxation that together would suffocate corporate earnings and cash flow. Corporations' ability to purchase new equipment, hire new employees, and continue research and development would be severely restricted. If you're taking all that money from the corporations, and I'm not defending corporations by any means, they do lots of things that are cronious. They do lots of things that are just, you know, bad for the environment and different stuff that they do, right? So, um, but they are looking out for their their number one. They're looking out for their best interests at all times. So they're going to try to save on taxes. They're going to try to do this. They're going to try to do that, right? But then again, a good corporate citizen is always a company that we would want to do business as well. So if you have a bad reputation as a bad corporate citizen, then obviously people are going to start realizing that and maybe not do as much business as you as well. Like McDonald's switched to using cardboard instead of uh, styrofoam because people are outraged about it, right? So that's a good thing. So corporations will listen to the customers as well. But if you have 
all of this tax going to the federal government, then companies are going to be less likely to borrow new, buy new equipment, hire more employees, and continue research and development. And then we're all going to be worse off because of that. All that new equipment, all the capital investment that they would do dries up a little bit. Not all of it, but a lot of it would. The inc- then it says, goes, goes on, the increase in corporate tax rates would reduce both current income and projected future income. Earnings per share and individual stock prices would decline along with the competitive, competitiveness of U.S. companies. And that's true because these wealthy people are going to be selling the crap out of their stock. That's going to lower future expectation of returns. That's going to lower the value of the stock. Because they know that October 1st, every single year, there's going to be a buttload of new stock that just hits the market. It's going to drive the value of those stocks down. And I said that before, and this is just, and this was, that was me speculating, but now the Wall Street Journal's kind of confirmed it as well. The wealth tax would make billionaire, make billionaires sellers, not buyers. Stock markets would decline dramatically, doing lasting harm to the economy and pension funds. Miss Warren's proposed proposes a trifecta of tax increases, a confiscatory and unsustainable wealth tax that does not consider income taxes in the calculation of revenue, an annual capital gains tax on assets appreciation at tax rates two times the current capital gains tax rates, and a massive increase in the corporate tax rate. In short, an economic, you know, catastrophe. Wow. And people still want to, people still are looking at her as a serious candidate, but I, she just does not understand the way that capital formation is. She doesn't understand economics. She doesn't understand the very fact that keeping money in the economy is not like these people just are sitting on a billion dollars in cash. It's sitting out there in ownership and other stuff. It's in, they're, they're investing that, they're reinvesting that, they're trying to turn that money into more money. They're using it for, productive reasons you know and she just doesn't understand that and that's where you know we need somebody that understands the economy talking on that stage you know donald trump does not understand the economy he's a rich billionaire and all of that and he understands real estate understands that stuff but he doesn't understand like economics as well or else he wouldn't have he wouldn't be putting tariffs on all these countries he wouldn't be destroying all the trade agreements that we have they wouldn't be doing all that stuff yeah, he says he's going to make them better. It's going to be great. It's going to be grand. It's going to be wonderful. But he doesn't understand the economy as well. What we need is libertarians. We need to get somebody up on that stage against Donald Trump and against Pete Buttigieg or Joe Biden, whoever the hell they put up there, or Elizabeth Warren. We need to get our guy up on that stage, which we're not going to, I don't think. But we can have a contrasting voice on TV, on the news, talking about libertarian principles talking about economic principles talking about better ways of running our economy and not taxing the crap out of every single person they possibly can in order to get more stuff for the government because it it is a consuming fire is all it is the government is just trying to take as much as it possibly can and that's wrong that is absolutely wrong leave it in the hands of people you and me we know what we're going to do with our money better than the government does, and we and a, a mega millionaire probably knows better than, than you or I do on what to do with our money. They didn't get there for, you know, making bad decisions with their money. They got there by making good decisions with their money, I would imagine. So 
Anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining me for another week in the life of this 2020 election cycle. It is Monday. I'll be going uh, with shows the rest of the week. I will not be doing a show on Friday, and then I'm going to take a two-week break for Christmas and New Year's weeks, okay? And then I'll come back. I believe it is on the 7th of January is when I'll come back. It might be the 6th of January. I'm not sure. But that Monday after New Year's is when I'll be coming back. So New Year's Day is on a Wednesday, and then... On the on that Monday, I'll be coming back with more shows. And I think that'll be the year since I started the show. Maybe that'll be my anniversary show. Hey, why not? I'll figure out which day it is and do like an anniversary show, which um, will just be a normal show. <laughs> I don't really go with these numbers. Like I, did, I talked about like the first hundred shows that I did. I did the 200 shows and I'll be doing a 300 show at some point. But it's not like I'm bringing guests on. I don't have special guests. I'm not getting Ron Paul on. I'm not getting Tom Woods on, or I'm not doing interviews, so it just doesn't make sense, but um, I appreciate you guys sticking with me, I really do, and uh, I hopefully you guys have a great week, all right, and uh, keep on coming back, though, so you can have clear vision for 2020.